Hello, my friends. My name is Madge, and this is the MadgeCast, where we talk about how we're going to bring the enormous orange turd, who is our president now, down. You in? So this week, my God, I know I sound fairly normal, but frankly, this has been the longest week of my life. I can't believe that the Women's March was only last weekend. It feels like years since then. I'm trying to hold on to that feeling I had at the march, like we're united and we can turn this boat around. Um, I'm at least trying to hold on to a memory of that feeling to keep me going now. As you know, on this podcast, we don't dwell that much on the news because my guess is that if you're listening to this, you're already following the news and you're as disgusted and brokenhearted about it as I am. Uh, My guess is that you're also as inspired as I am by how awesomely folks are showing up to resist. And that's happening all over the country right now, from the airports to senators' offices to a huge gathering in front of the White House, and it is a beautiful thing to behold. What I do want to talk about this week is something that's happening in our culture, something that I honestly think contributed a huge amount to getting us in to this mess that we're in right now. And that is the concept of complexity and the limited human capacity for dealing with it. What do I mean by complexity? I mean the sense that so many things are happening and so many things need to be done that we just can't get our minds around it. Um, And this is something that's been building over the last few decades, and it shows up at every level of our experience, from dealing with a health insurance company to get a bill paid, to choosing a freaking pasta sauce at the grocery store. There's like 300 of them. Um, And then this week, of course, keeping track of all of the moves being made by our new president. And please forgive me if I retch when talking about him. I'm working on that. Anyhow, things are incredibly complicated in human existence right now, and they have been so for a while. One small example that hit me personally was when I was taking care of my grandma at the end of her life. Like, I am a college-educated woman with a fairly big brain and also plenty of professional project management experience, and still, the number of moving parts involved in her care the number of people involved, the amount of paperwork to be done and agencies to be contacted and doctor's orders to be followed. It was all overwhelming. Um, It was hugely, incredibly complex. And there is nothing out of the ordinary in that. Every old person in her position either has to deal with all of that or find someone to help them with it. And, you know, it's just one small example. Most facets of our lives are incredibly complex in that same way and only getting worse. I mean, geez, I had to pick a new Comcast plan last week and it took me like an hour on the phone to even understand what the fuck I had to do to change it. And that's just the details of my little small individual life. When uh, you start contemplating bigger questions like climate change or racism or globalization, robots, whatever, it's pretty easy for a person to get maxed out pretty quickly. Now, we would hope with our best selves living our best lives um, that our response to complexity would be to take a breath and try to extend ourselves to take it all in. But that's not often what we do. 
many times, instead of trying to expand ourselves to take in complexity, we instead choose to gloss over it. We shut it down and even deny its existence. Like we have a tendency to um, very easily explain and understand the complicated situations and circumstances that lead us to act the way we do, but we have a hard time doing that for other people. And this is what is um, in action when you see someone say, well, sure, I needed food stamps, but I was between jobs. I wasn't sucking the government tit my whole life like those people. Or sure, I had an abortion when I was a teenager, but I wasn't one of those women with an abortion punch card that like gives her the 10th one free. Now, this ability to um, see the complexity in our own situation, but not in the situation of other people, it's a known bug in the human brain, and it's called the fundamental attribution error. And it works like this. We understand our own behavior as a reaction to a complicated set of circumstances, but we attribute the behavior of other people to them just being dum-dums or shitty. Um, it's easy for us to understand the complexity in our own lives because, you know, we're living in the inside of our own heads. We can see it all right there. But when it comes to other people and their complexities in their heads, we uh, have very little access to that. And oftentimes we don't want access to it. We just want to put them in a box labeled shitty person and not deal with them. But the danger here is, of course, especially as part of this resistance that is building, is that we don't want to shut down the complexity. We want to get better at tolerating it and navigating it, both as individuals and as groups. Uh, we don't want to insist that everyone comes into the movement already fully awake and perfectly intersectional and 100% pure in the way they think and act already, because it's not possible. And insisting on ideological purity and progressive perfection can be a huge barrier to bringing more people into our cause. So um, what I mean by ideological purity, I think can best be told in examples. So here's a couple. The first is um, Cory Booker, a Democratic senator from New Jersey. He's been posting videos lately um, talking about the resistance and his place in it and our place in it. And one of my friends reposted this on Facebook. He was inspired by it. But he was immediately set upon by one of his other friends saying, Cory Booker's compromised. He is bought and sold by Big Pharma, and he didn't vote for Bernie's amendment to allow Americans to purchase medicines from Canada, so he can't be trusted. Um, and to me, this is a perfect, perfect example of what folks used to call throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Because maybe Cory Booker did take a bunch of money from Big Pharma, but does that mean that everything that comes out of his mouth is suspect or a lie? And the same thing happened to Hillary in the campaign, or I should say the same thing was done to Hillary in the campaign. What did she say to Goldman Sachs in those speeches? Why won't she tell us? Now, um, you know, I'm not trying to relitigate the election. I'm really not trying to relitigate the primary. But, you know, actual Goldman Sachs dudes are now installed all over our government, right? <laughs> and it's more than a little bit ironic that bitching about the impurity of our human, imperfect, yet striving candidate is one of the things that helped get us here. So here's my point. We humans have a limited tolerance for complexity. 
And oftentimes our response is not to bring more thoughtfulness and a finer tooth comb to the way we think about things, but just to shut the complexity down and look for shortcuts. We have a tendency to establish a standard of purity and anything that falls outside that standard is unacceptable. Uh, We have a narrow band of acceptable responses. And if something doesn't fall in that narrow band, we reject it. Like instead of thinking deeply and thinking clearly, we create a default position and that's the place we operate from. For instance, Bernie is an angel and everything he says is perfect and good, while Hillary is a corrupt robot and everything she says is a lie or a manipulation to get her more power. Or um, because Cory Booker has taken donations from an industry which is huge in his state, that everything he has to say is suspect and he cannot possibly be considered a good guy. Um, And clearly, I think at least that this is a tactical mistake. And it has contributed to us getting into this fucked up situation that we're now in where like a woman is trying to kill herself in the bathroom at JFK because she was denied entry to the country. And this approach of taking shortcuts um, based on ideological purity is also just unrealistic because, you know, there is never going to be a moment where humanity all turns the corner and we all align under the same beautiful principles of peace and love and sharing and fellowship and taking care of the environment. That's not going to happen. We might, some of us might turn that corner. Some of us might turn a different corner, but regardless, as there's more people on the planet, shit is just going to keep getting more and more complicated. And I don't just mean politically. I mean, economically, um, Robots are taking more jobs, you know. I mean, uh, educationally, the way that our schools are working is uh, breaking down. There's a lot of ways in which shit just keeps getting more complicated. So how do we respond to that? Uh, There are two approaches. Um, The first is to try to mitigate the complexity by just making things simpler, cutting out some of the complexity. But it's tricky because oftentimes things are complicated because they need to be in order to respond to a complicated reality. I mean, I think this is a big reason why many people voted for the Donald, because they're tired of women, black people, Muslims, whoever, demanding that the world respond to their needs. Uh, It feels too complicated and scary and new, and it asks too much of them. And the Donald is offering some very simple and simple-minded and disgusting and fascist solutions to that. We see how well that's working out. Uh, The second approach to handling complexity, I think, has more promise. And that is to develop our ability for being in complexity without knowing exactly how we want to respond to it. Um, To develop our ability to be in the unknown and take information in without immediately uh, casting a judgment on it or trying to come to a solution about it. And the way that we do this, I think, is by connecting and working together, um, holding space for people to not know the answer, right? Um, Holding space for ourselves to not know the answer. Because no one of us is smart enough to hold the depth and complexity of this world in our individual heads. But 
I believe we can put our heads together and listen to each other and figure at least some things out that way. Now, I see a connection here to what we talked about last week on the podcast, which was about intersectionality or the ability to see how different forms of oppression intersect when they show up in people's lives. Now, I think that a lot of people who have uh, various forms of privilege, dudes, white people, able-bodied people, whatever, um, it's easy for us to dismiss concerns of, t- of intersectionality because it feels too complicated. So um, instead, sometimes what we do is we develop a shortcut of ideological purity like we talked about before, and that shows up in a statement like, uh, all people should be treated the same, which means it's not fair for you to talk about white people. Or uh, show me the law that allows women to be discriminated against. And when people of color or women talk about experiences that contradict those purity litmus tests, um, their brains just shut down and they're like, nope. I was just having a conversation about this with a friend, um, my friend Christian, on his podcast, which he invited me to be on. And I'll put that on my Facebook page and in the show notes for you if you feel like listening to it. It's a corker. Um, but, uh, he asked, you know, what people can do with what he called feminism fatigue, because after a while, when people are talking and listening to other people talk about this kind of stuff, they just want to shut it down. And I replied on one hand, I want to extend compassion to people who are feeling that way. And on the other hand, I want to be like, well, sorry, dude, deal with it. Because it's not like women can stop dealing with sexism because our brains are tired of it. And of course, that's true with every other form of exclusion as well. Um, And in terms of the resistance movement, um, oppressed peoples are rightfully pissed off and hurt by the fact that so many of them have been marching for years, have been beating this drum for years, who have been trying to get the attention of um, basically, you know, middle-class white people for years. And I can empathize with how painful it must be to see millions of people turning out for the Women's March who never showed up for Black lives or immigrant rights or queer rights. I'm not going to tell any of those folks how to feel. I haven't seen and experienced the shit that they have. Um, And I get why it's hurtful. At the same time, um, millions of people showed up last weekend who have never been involved in activism before, and I don't want to do to them what was done to Hillary in the campaign, right? I don't want to dismiss them because they're not perfect. So my goal is to welcome these folks into more and more complexity as much as I can and not shut them out for being less radical or for not understanding or perfectly enacting intersectionality, but give them on-ramps to understand, even as I take advantage of on-ramps that others have built for me. Um, As a white lady, I am perfectly positioned to do this, but there is an important skill that I need to get better at, which is managing my feelings. And, um, It's huge because I have a tendency towards snark and derision and even cruelty when I start discussing important issues with people and they don't get what I'm talking about or their brains shut down because it's too complex for them. I just get too upset. Um, This happened to me last week. 
one day when I was super PMSy and heartsick about some terrible thing that Donald had just done. And, you know, there's been so many, I can't even remember what it was now, but I went off on some people on Facebook, um, calling them morons, racist. I just lost my shit to the point that my sweet friend, Jolene, reached out to me and asked me if I was okay and talked to me off the ledge because she is really good at that. So thank you, Jolene. Uh, my, my point here is um, not that, you know, we all have emotional ketchup bursts sometimes, right? But in this context, going off on people like this, not only causes pain to me, the goer offer, it also alienates the people I'm going off on. And um, I don't want to be treated by that like that by other people who are further along the path to wokeness than me, right? So what I'm really trying to do right now is take responsibility for my own feelings and process them before I engage with folks so I can be genuinely helpful. So um, instead of cutting people down, I can ask questions that shed light on some complexities they might be missing and invite people to open their perspectives and let that information in. And also so I can listen better and uh, let more information in myself instead of reflexively trotting out the same old arguments over and over again. Because um, that's really what this is about, right? Gaining a deeper understanding so that we can help, the other, help other people do the same. And so that we can all grow in our ability to understand and manage and fight um, against everything that's happening in all its huge complexity. So um, I do have to admit, <laughs> as I talk about all of this, Let's be super real. I am not really willing to build any on-ramps for Trump voters at this point. Not unless they express some regret and sorrow for what they did. And maybe that's my failing as a human being. Probably it is. I'm sure like the Dalai Lama could forgive them and try to embrace them and help ease them into further complexity too. But personally, I'm just not there yet. And frankly, I'm not too fussed about Trump voters. I mean, I know they have problems too, but they have unleashed unprecedented, unprecedented chaos on this country. And it's all hands on deck to deal with that first. So um, I don't know. At some point, I might be able and willing to build an on-ramp um, for a Trump voter to join us on the side of embracing complexity instead of denying it. But uh, they need to have some regret, and I'm probably not there yet. So those are my thoughts this week. Complexity is coming at us fast and furious, and the only way we can manage it is to join together. Because I can't fit it all in my head, and neither can you. But if we can link together and mind our own emotional reactions and take responsibility for how we act, we can distribute the load. And the Women's March was just the first shot across the bow. It's going to be a long struggle. Um, and people are showing up for it, and it is a beautiful thing. So I'm hoping that we can welcome more and more people into it over time by uh, not glossing over complexity in our desire of change, 
but also being gentle with folks who want to join us to uh, help them understand where we're coming from. At least that's what I'm going to try to do. And I hope that you and your people will do the same. Uh, If you want to talk to me, you can email me at belesscrazy at gmail.com or uh, check out my blog and leave a comment at belesscrazy.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, You can leave me a review. You can say hi. Um, Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know how I might be able to help. Lots of love to you guys. Stay strong.